My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to a a later edition of Judd's Hockey Show. But it's well worth it. Zolgad, AJ Fredrickson with you um, as usual during the week for our shows. Declan, of course, uh, joins us once a week along with Jesse Pierce for the Wednesday extravaganza. But this show... um, there's a lot to talk about. There's obviously uh, age, some rough bumps to talk about over the weekend. But that being said, we're going to start with a huge positive and we're going to focus on this because it's incredibly cool. I, I was there uh, for the Wilds 5-0 win over the Islanders tonight. The press box, AJ, was there in the stands with family. And both of us got to witness a really cool slice of NHL history. Um, after a long wait, brought upon really not by his bad play as much as it was by his team's bad play, Marc-Andre Fleury, AJ tonight, win 5-52, breaks a tie for second place all-time among goalies uh, with his childhood idol, the man who he first saw talking to posts, and the reason Flower talks to the post is because of Patrick Waugh, who did the very same thing when he played. He's at 551 victories flurry who earlier this season of course played in his incredible 1000th game is now at 552 second place all time nobody is going to pass martin brodeur martin brodeur 691 wins but nonetheless uh uh, age just a really cool scene on the ice after the game embraced individually by teammates took a twirl to center ice to acknowledge the fans they took a team picture in the locker room afterwards, uh, two of Flowers' kids were brought in. I think he, he said his third kid had tonsillitis, so couldn't be there. But uh, mm-hmm. two of the kids were brought in, and he was holding them at his locker stall, took pictures with the equipment staff, uh, um, Aaron Sickman of the PR staff. And, I mean, just such a cool guy to cover. Uh, has been just first class throughout his entire career, if I'm not mistaken, now in his 20th season. In a season of of a lot of downs for this team, this is a great story, and congratulations. I don't care if you're in our business, if you're a fan, if you work for the Wild, or you just love all of hockey, period. This this is the type of moment that makes it special. Yeah, this was a I, – I was glad I was able to be there more as a fan tonight rather than, like, watching at home, doing the casual – the notes, just kind of – keeping track of tabs and stuff like that, being able to just kind of go grab a beer, sit amongst everybody and just kind of be for the camaraderie to like experience this, this historic moment in hockey. Um, You know, a goalie, I would bet like we just talked about the other, the other week, there's really no other goalie unless they start getting insanely athletic. That's going to be able to get to a thousand games. It's just, it's just not, a normal feat for a goaltender. There's really not another goalie that's going to be able to get to uh, to 552 or beyond. Like nobody's touching Broder, and at this point, nobody I think is going to touch Flurry. He his name is going to be in the record book at number two. I mean, for to, as long as I can see. Um, very cool. He had a nice little liner in the post game interview on Bally, which was and it was broadcast in the in the arena, which is why I was able to hear this, but it's about time <laughs> he goes it's about time yeah. we were able to pick it up and you know rightfully so this is they had the other night uh up to uh up three one up two goals you know shoot that one away and uh it, it's just a it, it's been a season where this is kind of needed this is needed for mm-hmm. the team and i i still don't think that this is going to as um, some people are saying in the in our live chat here but it's not going to be the right thing to like turn around the season this is not gonna you know catapult them back into a playoff race but this is um 
this is great for everybody in the room to be a part of. This is fun for the, you know, just the Minnesota hockey fan to be able to experience this and be able to root for him. You're going to root for him regardless because it's Marc-Andre Fleury. I feel like he's one of those guys, unless you're, um, you know, a Flyers diehard fan or something like that, that, oh, you're mad that he, you just can't, you can't root against him. The guy's just too likable. And I, I, I want to say it was Matt Zuccarello had one of the comments uh, post game that was, he's a better person than he is a goalie, which I think yeah. says a lot. Like this is a guy who, off the ice, he does all the right things in the locker room. He does all the right things. I, I've never really heard anybody say a bad word about him. Like everything just comes out. He's positive. He's a, he's a born leader. He's he's got that aura that um, everybody just wants to be around him. So um, it, fun night all around. Great night for Minnesota hockey. Great night for Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, twenty-one saves, and uh, make, make no mistake, the Islanders are in a tailspin. I think there might be a coaching change there. I don't know if you saw this on Saturday night in Nashville, but um, after they gave up an empty nickel with like five seconds left, everyone on the bench left, and I think it was Bull Horvat and the guys on the ice, and everyone, all the players, just left. They walked off the bench. Never seen that before. Um, I think it's probably a sign that a coaching change very well might be coming up. For that team, I'm not sure what you thought tonight, but um, I don't think I, I don't recall in the times that I've seen the Islanders play at the X, um, Matthew Barzell being a rumor as far as playing. I mean, I barely saw him tonight. I think I saw him most when he was cross-checking Rossi. Yes. Uh, so, tw- so 21 shots, 21 saves, only three second period shots for the Islanders. But what I will say is this: Flurry made some huge saves. I mean, he made some very big stops. I loved early in the game when the net got um, uh, the Islander player was aggressive to the net and Fleury just got up and gave it to him right back. There was the play. I think when he came in for Gustafson on Saturday in the six, nothing loss, which was abysmal to the coyotes where Fleury just decided to skate out to the corner. Screw it. I'm going to clear the puck myself. I love this guy. I absolutely, I, I mean, he, he harkens back to the goaltenders of my childhood, which is they were far more less technically sound. They were far more eccentric like they were weird. I mean, Flowers a good, seems like a great guy, but he is sort of a weird goaltender. Um, he's he said uh, too that that on the first puck that hit the crossbar, he turns around and I've read this before. He turns around and thanks it not only in English but also in French. So it's a bilingual goalpost. And and because I asked him, I said, did did you get that from Wa? Because Wa used to, Wa has talked about before that even posts have good and bad nights. And he said, yeah, that's where I got it from. Uh, growing up so uh this is a that was a very cool thing now the good news as tyler says here um which was at least brodine coming back stabilized the defense it also allowed you to scratch thank goodness john hines john merrill and alex goligoski they both are probably really nice guys they should not be playing they did not play tonight i thought the blue line looked better as far as the injury situation goes uh brodine said in the locker room he didn't break his thumb he said he did he did ligament damage and that's why he was in a cast for that so he's recovered from that now and he looked pretty good tonight um i i thought he looked fine uh we now know caprice back for two games and he had an assist tonight Kirill uh broke a couple at least a, I, at least one if not a couple of ribs so when when he was crushed so he came back pretty quick um yeah. bill Guerin did a pre-game state of the team halfway through and he said there will be information on Spurgeon coming up soon. I got a feeling this might not be good, Age. Um, Spurgeon, I, I think he hurt a shoulder. I think it was a shoulder when he was shoved on the boards in the preseason game in Chicago. 
He was out for extended period. He came back. He's gone out again a few times. I'm fearful that it's a shoulder problem that's probably going, and this is just total guess, but since they, they won't tell us it's fair game, in my opinion, um, my total guess is that they're probably going to need or have performed surgery this time around because you don't want to leave, like, he's not in an age where you screw around with this. You get it fixed. And if he's out for the season, he's out. Um, so this team very well might have what it's going to get back. Back, um, Garen in his in his pregame state of the team press conference. Let me run uh, a couple of quotes past you and get your thoughts. He didn't. Not surprisingly, he didn't say a whole lot. It's not mm-hmm. like he was going to be an open book. He hadn't talked uh, publicly, at least across the board, in a press conference for a while though. Um, asked if things continue to go sideways as the deadline approaches, if he would still try to improve for this season, which he said he still thinks that this team can win. Eh, I don't know about that. Or look to the future. He, Garen said, quote, that's a possibility. In in other words, looking to the future, if things continue to go sideways, I don't think I can sit here right now and say, if it goes sideways, we are going to do X, Y, and Z, but we could. Uh, that's as close as I thought that he would come to saying that there might be an alternative. It felt like what he was trying to say, he wanted the players to see, which is, I still believe in you. I still think we can win. Please win some damn games. But the reality is, um, for as fun as tonight was, this season could be lost. Um, I also asked him about, about um, because he kept, he basically said, I can't go in the locker room and tell players, ah, it's, it'll be a couple of years. Don't worry about it. You do what you do and we'll make moves. Um, but I followed up with, what about ownership? Craig Leopold. Like, like you can't tell him what you're telling the players. Because if you're blowing sunshine up his you-know-what, he's not exactly going to like that if it proves that you're just wrong. Uh, so I said, would there come a point in time where you tell Craig the reality of things? Might not share that with the players. Bill Garrett said, quote, we always have to think of the overall health of the organization and the team to do what's right. Uh, there are short-term plans and there are long-term plans. We have to make sure that we are staying on course with both of them. Moving ahead, we are going to have to sign some younger players to extensions and things like that. We are going to have to sign some younger players to entry level contracts and make sure they develop properly so they can get into our lineup as quickly as possible. All of those things are not in the not too distant future. I take this to mean very simply, they don't want the players to quit, but there's a reality that this season might be lost. Yeah. My initial reaction is that to me says that in, I think we've known this from his tenure here. He wants to win just as badly as as the guys in the locker room. You know, you don't you don't take this job in the hopes of having fun with a rebuild. Like, it, 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 sure, that's fun in a sense to like think about just how good you could be at some point. But in, in reality, that's that waiting period. Bill Guerin wants to win. I think he knows that this is maybe not the team unless some sort of miracle happens tonight. Um, and I still don't even think a miracle can get them back into a playoff picture here at some point in the season. But um, th- that tells me they, they've at least been working and thinking about possibilities, re- uh, avenues to explore in the coming month and a half or so, which is depressing as some fans who think like, hey, the, you know, it's still the most little while, you know, they're going to be scrappy and they're going to fight. And they're it's good to know that they're thinking about worst case scenario. Um, and yeah. 
that's what you have to have. You have to you have to always be playing that other side of the coin as well. Um, even though he is going to give that, hey, you know, guys, you can still do it. I still think we can. You know, we we built this and we got the right pieces here and all that stuff. I, from some of the deals he's made, we know he's a good talker. You know, he know we know he's a good motivator. We know he we know he he's able to kind of talk and get the way that he wants. Um, but I don't think I think he knows deep down like this is just not going to be the team that's going to be able to do anything. Um, yeah. And then that second half, they're saying about hey, looking to the signing guys, getting guys in our lineup almost as early as possible. I think that says you know maybe maybe we're going to make some moves, open up some uh, spots so that some of these younger guys can slide in. Hence next year. Um, and then once that the big cap, uh, you know, is alleviated with the dead cap from the buyouts of Parisian Suter, a la now we're going to start really cooking again, and who knows what we have there. So, comes down to probably, probably moving a couple guys, and you know we'll see. We still got a little bit of time here before things start really picking up with the trade uh, deadline season approaching. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it, he's not going to say too much. He's not going to give away all his secrets, but that I think says a little bit more than what I expected. I think there's a two things at, at work here too. I think he knows that he is um, going to be held accountable and that he might've made a mistake by signing all of those guys to contracts. Now his point is they're good players. I have to sign somebody. I re-signed Hartman and I re-signed Felino and Zuccarello and blah, blah, blah. Um, so like that's his ass on the line. So we can't very well say, Hey, yeah, that was a mistake. Wasn't it? So I get that part of it. But I think the other reality that we need to keep in mind is yes. You know, the weekend was a disaster. I know tonight was fun, but I'm sorry. I'm not sure what was worse gagging the lead away to the flyers. When, when you had a two goal lead and that game, you know, in hand in the third period, and then you just collapse. Or coming out on Saturday, totally uninspired, and you give up six goals. I mean, the Coyotes are improved, but they come onto your ice and spank you like that. I mean, they'll, both those losses, the Coyotes' loss is more embarrassing, but the Friday loss is just as frustrating from a team standpoint. But the reality for Garen and th- this team is, AJ, if you do this right, um, there's a, there's some very nice pieces of the puzzle coming up. So, like, this is not a barren, you know, it'd be one one thing with, like, Chuck Fletcher. The farm system was emptied out, right? The farm system was a mess. And you're a big prospect guy and a big draft guy. I mean, this team's done a pretty good job now. And so, when you do come out of the, the cap hell and you quit and you're not trying to play and force in the Goligoskis and Merrills, right? When you do that, I think you're going to have a pretty nice club. So, I don't think all, all hope is lost. I would like to see them be as realistic as possible about the current predicament. And I'm fine with that. Miss the playoffs. I mean, it looks like you're going to miss the playoffs, get as high in the lottery as you can. But all of that being said, um, I don't think like this is some hopeless case of you're screwed. I think that this is just, it's going to have to be calculated. And you're exactly right. Bill Garen's not going to go to a podium tonight and be like, hey, I'm going to blow this thing up. It sucks. <laughs> so, so, but but I mean, I think we're a little bit, I think long-term we're too down on things and short-term, I think it's just about acceptance here to a certain point. Although anyone who was pissed off about what they saw on Friday and Saturday, I do completely 
get it because in their own different ways, those were just, you know, they were both embarrassing defeats in which, in which you're better than that. I know guys have been sick. Everyone has the flu this time of year, but you know, you are better than that. So to, I personally call this like an eye test thing. It's an eye test thing. You go out there, you compete, you play hard. You're going to lose some games. Totally understand that. Uh, but you know, Saturday was, dis- was a disgusting lack of effort. And mm-hmm. Friday and Friday was incompetence in the third period. Yeah, it, I mean, Friday Friday was I I figured there's no way that they're you know it, perfect. Coyotes the next day we're gonna bounce back, have a nice little you know uplifting end to the weekend, or at least you know end of, end of a Saturday night. That that was just 24 hours of just total pain, just terrible. That third period on on Friday night was just horrendous. And then the entire 60, I mean, you may as well have just stayed at home, gentlemen, let them, let, let them rack up as many. If you would have told me in 2020, 2021, that Matt Dumba, Jason Zucker and Nick Bugstad were going to win a game at the excellent hat trick, a hat trick. Jason, <laughs> Nick Bugstad does not score hat tricks that no, I, the NHL did at the lane. It's for the it's, Gophers. It doesn't score NHL hat tricks. <laughs> Oh God, that was, that was just something else, but um, you're right. And the, when it comes to the eye test, you have to, you can't just look at tonight tonight. Yes. They were dominant. They had 21 shots in the second period, a season high. They, they outshot the Islanders. What was it? 40. I want to say to, 20, to 21, 21 no, to 21. They, they had as many, they, they were officially credited when it was all said and done with 20 second period shots. The Islanders had 21 for the entire game. The Wild outshot him 20 to 3. Now, again, the Islanders are going through some turmoil. Um, but, but I mean, that's at least a sign of the fact that, you know, that Philadelphia game, how do you blow that lead? How do you blow that damn lead? You're up by two goals. You had that game. That was bad. You know, um, that's the frustrating thing. That That's the frustrating thing because there's, there you know, those breakdowns are not excusable. Yeah. Um, and then to your point about the young guys coming up, the people – there's been a reason why the wild have been recognized as having such a good farm system the past couple of years. Granted, a lot of that weight has now been kind of removed with Jesper Wallstead officially making his NHL debut. Marco Rossi has since graduated. Matt Boldy has since graduated, but they've kept adding. You, Correct. So well, the Russians, I mean, for instance, I mean, there's guys that we haven't, that aren't in Iowa necessarily. Yes. That are going to contribute here. And that's the thing. Like Merrick Kusnadinov, I know he got oh, hurt and then he's been, he, the Russian game is so weird because some yeah. of these guys are just great prospects and they're good. But then because the politics of like, you know, I, I just don't like you. They just get buried on the bench or in the press box. And then they have to get traded to some other team. And then, Hey, they start and they have a goal and two assists in their first, in their first game. So it's weird. But Kusnadinov is there. Dania Yurov is there. Um, Liam Ogren, we just saw him. Uh, Captain Sweden at the World Juniors. He looks pretty solid. Carson Lambos is maybe not projecting as well as initially thought, but he still looks like a, a very good, um, skilled prospect. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke, I personally still like. I've been high on Ryan O'Rourke since they've drafted. I do. I, I think because he's a little bit of a – he's not as flashy of a defenseman. He's just like a solid – brick wall type of guy that you want in your lineup like he's not gonna wow you but the point is they have guys in their system still they just have to kind of this is gonna sound bad but every every spring you got to clear out the dead roots in in the yard you know you you get you get a rototill the garden it's attrition and that's what they're gonna have to do and so you're going to get these younger guys to come up you're gonna move the old guys out and 
eventually like things are going to start coming together. This is not the season. And I think to your point about the eye test, we've seen that you can't go Friday, Saturday today and think, yeah, this team is just fine. Everything's good because they beat up on the New York Islanders and Mark Andre Fleury is now the second winning goalie in NHL history. No, go back to Friday and Saturday, harness that feeling. You were there watching everybody watching right now. Think about how painful it was to watch that third period and all of Saturday night. Mm -hmm. It felt like torture. Like it felt like it was something against the Geneva convention on Saturday night to force myself to sit there and watch the Arizona coyotes put up six on you. Oh, embarrass you chase your chase Gustafson. Hey, Gustafson's back. Kaprizov's back. (laughs) Jake is right though. Kaprizov tonight to me looked as fresh as I've seen him, him look. Um, did, did you see the first period move where he went through the defenseman? Now he lost the edge and fell, yeah. but he went through the defenseman, put the puck between his legs. Um, that was, that was vintage Kirill. Um, But again, I don't question him. I think if he's healthy, he's a great player. I don't question him. Um, but I, but I guess I'm urging fans to keep in mind that this is not the Chuck Fletcher teams because those teams didn't have anything coming up behind. It was either Parisi, Suter, Koivu, that whole group, or you were done. This is not that. This might take some time, but I'm willing to give it some time if it means a playoff run. Now, that's a big if. Um, there there was a, a quote earlier from, I want to say, uh, Brian Hurley about the no-trade clauses, which I'd like to get to. It's up h- higher. It basically asks the question, yeah, so this this question, Actually, it's sponsored. It's sponsored by our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who helped me drop uh, 40 pounds a couple of years ago. Here's the best part. They're going to help you keep the weight off as well. Jesse Pierce, Bar Down Beauties, Judd's Hockey Show on Wednesday. She's in the program as well. And guess what? This program works. And right now, have I got an offer for you? First three months are free. That's right. The first three months are free. You're going to fit into all those clothes. You're going to feel good. You're going to look good. And you're just going to be getting started. Also, they are now offering breakthrough weight loss medication options. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. And even if you're not from uh, from the state, it doesn't matter because you could do the whole thing if you're a Judd's Hockey Show fan in Florida, virtually. Las Vegas, virtually. New York, virtually. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. All right, Brian Hurley says, who are you going to trade with, with all the no moves kind of dumb Billy? Now, I will fully admit, that I harp on the no moves and no trades because I hate them. I hate them. I think they're giving out like candy. I think you give, and this has changed. I'm wrong here. Like this is, I'm I'm old man yelling at clouds, but the no trades were, you know, Gretzky, right? Caprisa, yes. the special players. Mm-hmm. Um, that They now go to Marcus Foligno. Hey, I'll stick around. Give me a no trade. Okay. <laughs> um, but I urge you, and we, we should do this. We, we should break this down age on an upcoming episode. But I urge you, if you're a fan, to go to um, capfriendly.com. I right now, actually. Okay, does a great job. But if you go there, what you will see is, is I think I probably am guilty of talking about these like they're absolute, like total protection. They're not. Mm-hmm. Some of these no trades, I think Zuccarello has like 10 teams that he can currently block trades to. Yes, that's so correct. Like, so like, I'm guilty of, I hate this so much that I just rage about it. And then I think, then I think, our viewers are like, oh, you can't trade him to any other team. That's not true. And in, in fact, age, you you can elaborate, but there's definitely some wiggle room to trade guys. And keep in mind, these things can be waived as well. Yeah. Um, so right now, 
to just kind of go over it. The guys with full on no trade clauses, no move clauses, I should say. Um, right now, Marcus Foligno, no move clause. Marcus Johansson, no trade clause. Ryan Hartman, no move clause. You have a 10 team, no, no move, uh, no trade clause for Matt Zuccarello. You have a modified no trade uh, clause for Freddie Goudreau. His is a 15 team, no trade clause. And then Patty Maroon has a 16 team, no trade list. That's the forward Jonas Brodeen uh, has a full, no move. Alex Galagoski has a 35 plus contract that has a no move clause attached to it. Uh, Zach Magosian has a modified no trade. So he has 21 teams that he can select from that leaves what the other nine or right. 11 or so yeah. um, that he can move. And then Mark Hardendre Fleury also has a no move clause, but I think we've previously discussed if you have a closed door conversation with him, similar to what we've seen the wild do quite a bit here with no, with their behind the door, you know, closed door right. meetings. Um, you can sit him down and say, Hey, you tell us where you want to go and we can, yeah. uh, go ahead and let you know so if you want to leave yeah absolutely yeah, exactly um, it, it all comes down to what you know it, he would have to give the official yeah we're gonna figure something out and he would essentially be his own gm in a sense there yes and uh and you, you did not hear one intriguing name on that list who does not have protection is philip gustafson yes and again i would be very open to trading him he's got a great contract to trade um teams need goaltending and and here's the thing goaltenders are on the open market in the summer so like if you have i mean volstead should be the starter next season mm -hmm. so if if you need a backup or a second goaltender there are veterans available they're like running backs they're just out there they don't break the bank it's not going to kill you um but again by the time this team turns a corner volstead's going to be the guy so if I could get a conditional first round pick, if I could make the flurry trade for Gustafson, okay, a second or third round pick, but the compensation, if your team makes the conference finals, goes to a first round pick, I make that trade in a heartbeat. Absolute heartbeat. Uh, MN Hockey Fan says sell Dewar, Duhame, Bogo, and Maroon. Bogosian, uh, I, I think, actually could get, get you like a fifth round pick probably. Maroon, uh, that's the problem is Maroon's not going to, get you much like yeah. Gustafson intrigues me to trade him because I think that you could with the amount of teams that have goaltenders hurt and might need help there it's all about the timing and if I am correct on this Friday March 8th is the trade deadline so it's all about that timing um but like if we're talking about well trade Merrill or uh, he's gonna get you nothing mm -hmm. it's not gonna get you anything yeah. I'm trying to think of what actually would get you pieces uh draft pieces for Judd Brackett to to make moves to make picks, um, to build on what is al already a deep system, because AJ, best case in a couple of years, you're in a good enough position where your team starts to pop, and you might need a veteran. And now mm -hmm. you can go trade a young player that you got in a you know in, like a, as a draft pick uh, in a trade. You can go make that swap at the deadline and help yourself. So, but but I just. I want to urge us all to slow down the no trades and no moves. I don't like it all, but they're not as complete as we sometimes think. Now, Judd, uh, I know there was a slight pandemonium. There was like a four hour stint of just pure panic on Minnesota wild Twitter the other day when a 
I'm going to say a rumor and a not a not a not a very applicable one, not a very concrete rumor. So I'll let you address it here that uh, there have been meetings between Bill Guerin and uh, the Vancouver Canucks, possibly for a deal for Jewel Erickson, who does not have any sort of trade protection. Um, Can you say here and now on uh, January 15th at about 948 p.m., is there any truth to this rumor at all? Where did that who started that on Twitter? It, it not no n- nobody that uses their real name as as their username i'll tell you that much i mean at the very worst like like worst case of being true i mean would a team call absolutely bill garen probably gets yeah. a call a week on hey what's up with eric's neck you're gonna try i mean he's great he's a pest um he, he's got he scored two goals t- tonight i think he's up to 17 now if i'm correct on that but yeah they're not gonna trade I mean, I should rephrase. If you were offered the world, if you were offered a stupid deal, you would yeah. trade him. Like, there's nobody you wouldn't trade if you were offered a stupid, okay, we'll give you a couple first-round picks and this guy, you know, okay. Um, are the Wild actively shopping Erickson Eck? I would be absolutely shocked. Yeah. I think they see him as a very, very key component. Um, he is... He is a very reliable, not sexy, not flashy, but effective player. But do I think that there's calls constantly? Absolutely. It's pro sports. Like you wouldn't, if, if you're the Canucks and you're not, especially because they're good, they're really good right now. And you're not, and you're not attempting to make calls. Shame on you. Right. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I mean, do, do I expect, I, I think there's about the same chance and I could be proven wrong. This could be old takes exposed, but um, I think there's about the same chance of Erickson Eck being moved to the Canucks by March 8th as there is Kirill Kaprizov, which <laughs> yeah. is basically zero. And again, if somebody called you about Kirill and, and you could deal them and they offered you some stupid deal, but you know, you're not going to get that deal. So no, mm-hmm. um, I saw that just, I saw it. I didn't see any credible names. I didn't no. see our guy, Michael Russo, or I didn't see Elliot Friedman, Darren Drager. These are all huge names up North. If you're a hockey fan, you know who these guys are. They're awesome. But <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't see it. All right. F- uh, final thought. The wild now has a three game trip and I think we're both not saying anything is turned. Okay. So nobody's yeah. like excited. Three game trip, Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina, all playoff teams, Eastern Conference this week. Your thoughts? Um, give me, give me those teams one more time here. I'm I, Tampa Bay. Yep. Which is which is a fringe playoff type team right now. Mm-hmm. Florida and Carolina. Carolina had a real shaky, <laughs> hanky start, and um, and has come on. And R- Rod Brandemore is an all world coach. Yeah, um, they did lose. They they did get waxed today by a Kings team that was playing terrible, but I guess got back on track. I think the difference there is that the Kings, I think they just have the pieces to be a solid team. Like the, the high preseason was there. They stumbled out of the gate and now I think they're going to turn around, but I think it's going to be a long week that that sounds like a very rough couple of days for this wild club. So like you said, uh, Thursday, you go down to Tampa I think Tampa is like, we know they're not the Tampa they used to be uh, right. winning back-to-back cups, but they still have, you know, Steven Stamkos is still a player for them. <laughs> and it's yeah. 
like Look good here. Yeah, he's he's good here. They 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 just have so many good guys that, frankly, for this team with the form that they've been in, other than tonight, they're going to eat them alive. Um, Florida, I mean Florida are it, Florida might be the better Florida team now. The Panthers uh, with Barkov, uh, that guy is an animal. I think that's another loss in my opinion. And then Carolina, Carolina is an interesting one because they've dipped a little bit recently, but if there's like a get right game, um, have you heard the term like doctor, like, you know, they're going to visit the doctor, 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 Minnesota is coming to town. Dr. Wild is coming to town for, it'll beat Carolina. I no, I I think Carolina is going to beat them. That'll be. Oh, like, you think? Okay. They're going to get cured. Um, I think that'll be the Hurricanes okay. getting back to the right way. They're, that's I that's their you. medicine, so to speak, is uh, a game against the Wild. Um, it. Let's see. Out of six possible points, one or two. Like they might go to overtime in one of these games, or they're going to get steal one in regulation against. Um, you know, they, maybe they'll ride high off this win into Thursday and try to take one against the lightning, but I don't see, I don't see more than two points out of these next three. So even with the win tonight, um, the wild is only ahead of in the entire league in the Eastern conference. They have more points than the blue jackets who have 37 points. The senators who are the worst team in the Eastern conference with 30 points, which is another story because they're a huge disappointment. Um, The ducks have 31 points. Chicago has 26. San Jose has 23 and the wild has 41, which puts them three behind Arizona and St. Louis. Uh, they are also six points behind a wild card spot. So that's where things stand, which means age. Uh, we should probably go through th- that no trade list and see that if we can find guys to move mm-hmm. as the deadline approaches, we should also uh, do some tankathon mock drafting because I, I know that you're a big mock draft guy. Yes. And wouldn't it be? And, and odds are very small, but you know, if it could be Celebrini time in Minnesota, I think we'd all appreciate that. That's probably not going to happen. I'm guessing he ends up on the Sharks. The Sharks are an absolute waste of a season, but they're very smart because they're going to be bad enough to be good. Yeah, and even just you know for the sake of it, let's let's run through it here really quick one time. Oh, look at that! Yeah, you go. Let's Love go. Do... I want a mock mock. <laughs> we'll have to get a, a wild version of that. Um, yeah, no no movement there. But the good news is, despite them trailing in all those standings, they sit right now in the sixth best opportunity. That gives them a seven and a half percent chance of getting that top overall spot. In the quick run through, they sat at six, but. The thing is, and I want to say it was, I want to say it was MN Hockey Fan who was in our chat earlier. I haven't seen him chat in a little bit here. This is a draft that touts deep on left-handed puck-moving defensemen, which if you're drafting around six, unless there's a few surprises, like if a, we've seen, we saw the Ducks do it last year going Leo Carlson, who has really looked good. So I think that pick has kind of panned out, but at the spot, you know, it was like a, whoa, what are they doing? Um, unless some people fall in those first few picks, they're going to get set up nicely for one of the premier left-handed defensemen in the draft. Ooh, that's intriguing. I like that. So I like that or a center. Both of those yes. positions to me are absolutely imperative. All right, sir. Great stuff. Uh, th- thanks again for carving out some time age as, as well. Cause I know you were out uh, celebrating what your dad's birthday and and your uncles is that right my my dad and my cousin both cousin, uh, okay. share the share the same birthday so we decided to uh pack up the uh the family caravan them. and you know trip take a trip on down to the x so it was a that's fun time a, good time seeing cool. everybody 
That's great. Names. What 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 are their names? Give them a shout out. Give oh, them an official shout out. Hey, Joe, my dad. Appreciate your he's actually just in the uh, living room here down the hall. And I'm nice. sure he's watching. And Mike, uh, you know, happy birthday to both of you. Uh great to see you. Great uh great to spend that time together and uh glad more so that we could share the, the moment of watching win number five five two for MAF. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And as always, subscribe to all of the Score North content, Purple Daily, uh, Judd's Hockey Show, Flagrant Howls, the Score North Twin Show, all of that available uh, for you to subscribe to. And as always, we appreciate all of you who consume our um, uh, multitude of sports offerings. Have a great one.